Part one of Ingersoll on Voltaire from the works of Robert G. Ingersoll, Volume three, Lecture four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in March 2020. Ingersoll on Voltaire, Part One Introduction. The infidels of one age have often been the aureoled saints of the next. The destroyers of the old are the creators of the new. As time sweeps on, the old passes away, and the new in its turn becomes old. There is in the intellectual world, as in the physical, decay and growth, and ever by the grave of the buried age stand youth and joy. The history of intellectual progress is written in the lives of infidels. Political rights have been preserved by traitors, the liberty of mind by heretics. To attack the king was treason, to dispute the priest was blasphemy. For many centuries the sword and cross were allies. Together they attacked the rights of man. They defended each other. The throne and altar were twins, two vultures from the same egg. James I said, No bishop, no king. He might have added, No cross, no crown. The king owned the bodies of men, the priest the souls. One lived on taxes collected by force, the other on alms collected by fear, both robbers, both beggars. These robbers and these beggars controlled two worlds. The king made laws, the priest made creeds. Both obtained their authority from God, both were the agents of the infinite. With bowed backs the people carried the burdens of the one, and with wonders open mouth received the dogmas of the other. If the people aspired to be free, they were crushed by the king, and every priest was a Herod who slaughtered the children of the brain. The king ruled by force, the priest by fear, and both by both. The king said to the people, God made you peasants, and he made me king. He made you to labor, and me to enjoy. He made rags and hobbles for you, robes and palaces for me. He made you to obey, and me to command. Such is the justice of God. And the priest said, God made you ignorant and vile. He made me holy and wise. You are the sheep, I am the shepherd. Your fleeces belong to me. If you do not obey me here, God will punish you now and torment you forever in another world. Such is the mercy of God. You must not reason. Reason is a rebel. You must not contradict. Contradiction is born of egotism. You must believe. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Heaven was a question of ears. Fortunately for us, there have been traitors and there have been heretics blasphemers thinkers investigators lovers of liberty men of genius who have given their lives to better the condition of their fellow-men it may be well enough here to ask the question what is greatness a great man adds to the sum of knowledge extends the horizon of thought releases souls from the bastille of fear crosses unknown and mysterious seas, gives new islands and new continents to the domain of thought, new constellations to the firmament of mind. 
the great man does not seek applause or place he seeks for truth he seeks the road to happiness and what he ascertains he gives to others a great man throws pearls before swine and the swine are sometimes changed to men if the great had always kept their pearls vast multitudes would be barbarians now the great man is a torch in the darkness a beacon in superstition's night an inspiration and a prophecy greatness is not the gift of majorities it cannot be thrust upon any man man cannot give it to another they can give place and power but not greatness the place does not make the man nor the sceptre the king greatness is from within the great men are the heroes who have freed the bodies of men they are the philosophers and thinkers who have given liberty to the soul they are the poets who have transfigured the common and filled the lives of many millions with love and song they are the artists who have covered the bare walls of weary life with the triumphs of genius they are the heroes who have slain the monsters of ignorance and fear who have outgazed the gorgon and driven the cruel gods from their thrones they are the inventors the discoverers the great mechanics the kings of the useful who have civilized this world at the head of this heroic army for most of all stands voltaire whose memory we are honoring to-night voltaire a name that excites the admiration of men the malignity of priests pronounce that name in the presence of a clergyman and you will find that you have made a declaration of war pronounce that name and from the face of the priest the mask of meekness will fall and from the mouth of forgiveness will pour a niagara of vituperation and calumny and yet voltaire was the greatest man of his century and did more to free the human race than any other of the sons of men on sunday the twenty first of november sixteen ninety four a babe was born a babe so exceedingly frail that the breath hesitated about remaining and the parents had him baptized as soon as possible they were anxious to save the soul of this babe and they knew that if death came before baptism the child would be doomed to an eternity of pain they knew that god despised an unsprinkled child the priest who with a few drops of water gave the name of francois marie arouet to this babe and saved his soul little thought that before him wrapped in many folds weakly wailing scarcely breathing was the one destined to tear from the white throat of liberty the cruel murderous claws of the triumphant beast when voltaire came to this great stage of fools his country had been christianized not civilized for about fourteen hundred years for a thousand years the religion of peace and goodwill had been supreme the laws had been given by christian kings and sanctioned by wise and holy men under the benign reign of universal love every court had its chamber of torture and every priest relied on the thumbscrew and the rack such had been the success of the blessed gospel that every science was an outcast to speak your honest thoughts to teach your fellow-men to investigate for yourself to seek the truth these were all crimes and the holy mother church pursued the criminals with sword and flame the believers in a god of love an infinite father punished hundreds of offences with torture and death 
suspected persons were tortured to make them confess convicted persons were tortured to make them give the names of their accomplices under the leadership of the church cruelty had become the only reforming power in this blessed year sixteen ninety four all authors were at the mercy of king and priest the most of them were cast into prisons impoverished by fines and costs exiled or executed the little time that hangman could snatch from professional duties was occupied in burning books the courts of justice were traps in which the innocent were caught the judges were almost as malicious and cruel as though they had been bishops or saints there was no trial by jury and the rules of evidence allowed the conviction of the supposed criminal by the proof of suspicion or hearsay the witness being liable to be tortured generally told what the judges wished to hear the supernatural and the miraculous controlled the world everything was explained but nothing was understood the church was at the head the sick bought from monks little amulets of consecrated paper they did not send for a doctor but for a priest and the priest sold the diseased and the dying these magical amulets these little pieces of paper with the help of some saint would cure diseases of every kind if you would put one in a cradle it would keep the child from being bewitched if you would put one in the barn the rats would not eat your corn if you would keep one in the house evil spirits would not enter your doors and if you buried them in the fields you would have good weather the frost would be delayed rain would come when needed and abundant crops would bless your labor the church insisted that all diseases could be cured in the name of god and that these cures could be effected by prayers exorcism by touching bones of saints pieces of the true cross by being sprinkled with holy water or with sanctified salt or touched with magical oil in that day the dead saints were the best physicians saint valentine cured the epilepsy saint gervasius was exceedingly good for rheumatism saint michael for cancer saint judas for coughs and colds saint avidius restored the hearing saint sebastian was good for bites of snakes and the stings of poisonous insects saint apollonia for toothache saint clara for any trouble with the eyes and saint hubert for hydrophobia it was known that doctors reduced the revenues of the church that was enough science was the enemy of religion the church thought that the air was filled with devils that every sinner was a kind of tenement house inhabited by evil spirits that angels were on one side of men and evil spirits on the other and that god would when the subscription and donations justify the effort drive the evil spirits from the field satan had power over the air consequently he controlled the frost the mildew the lightning and the flood and the principal business of the church was with bells and holy water and incense and crosses to defeat the machinations of that prince of the power of the air great reliance was placed upon the bells they were sprinkled with holy water and their clangor cleared the air of imps and fiends and bells also protected the people from storms and lightning in that day the church used to anathematize insects suits were commenced against rats and judgment rendered every monastery had its master magician who sold incense and salt and tapers and consecrated palms and relics every science was regarded as an enemy every fact held the creed of the church in scorn 
investigators were regarded as dangerous thinkers were traitors and the church exerted its vast power to prevent the intellectual progress of man there was no real liberty no real education no real philosophy no real science nothing but credulity and superstition the world was under the control of satan and the church the church firmly believed in the existence of witches and devils and fiends in this way the church had every enemy within her power it simply had to charge him with being a wizard of holding communications with devils and the ignorant mob were ready to tear him to pieces so prevalent was this belief this belief in the supernatural that the poor people were finally driven to make the best possible terms they could with the spirit of evil this frightful doctrine filled every friend with suspicion of his friend it made the husband denounce the wife children their parents parents their children it destroyed the amenities of humanity it did away with justice in courts it broke the bonds of friendship it filled with poison the golden cup of life it turned earth into a very perdition peopled with abominable malicious and hideous fiends such was the result of a belief in the supernatural such was the result of giving up the evidence of their own senses and relying upon dreams visions and fears such was the result of the attack upon the human reason such the result of depending on the imagination on the supernatural such the result of living in this world for another of depending upon priests instead of upon ourselves the protestants vied with catholics luther stood side by side with the priests he had deserted in promoting this belief in devils and fiends to the catholic every protestant was possessed by a devil to the protestant every catholic was the home of a fiend all order all regular succession of causes and effects were known no more the natural ceased to exist the learned and the ignorant were on a level the priest was caught in the net he had spread for the peasant and christendom became a vast madhouse with the insane for keepers when voltaire was born the church ruled and owned france it was a period of almost universal corruption the priests were mostly libertines the judges cruel and venal the royal palace was a house of prostitution the nobles were heartless proud arrogant and cruel to the last degree the common people were treated as beasts it took the church a thousand years to bring about this happy condition of things the seeds of revolution unconsciously were being scattered by every noble and by every priest they were germinating slowly in the hearts of the wretched they were being watered by the tears of agony blows began to bear interest there was a faint longing for blood workmen blackened by the sun bowed by labor deformed by want looked at the white throats of scornful ladies and thought about cutting them in those days witnesses were cross-examined with instruments of torture the church was the arsenal of superstition miracles relics angels and devils were as common as lies in order to appreciate a great man we must know his surroundings we must understand the scope of the drama in which he played the part he acted and we must also know his audience 
in england george the first was disporting with the maypole and elephant and then george the second jealous and choleric hating the english and their language making however an excellent image or idol before whom the english were glad to bow snobbery triumphant the criminal code getting bloodier every day two hundred and twenty-three offences punishable with death the prisons filled and the scaffolds crowded efforts on every hand to repress the ambition of men to be men the church relying on superstition and ceremony to make men good and the state dependent on the whip the rope and the axe to make men patriotic in spain the inquisition in full control all the instruments of torture used to prevent the development of the mind spain that had driven out the jews that is to say her talent that had driven out the moors that is to say her taste and her industry was still endeavouring by all religious means to reduce the land to the imbecility of the true faith in portugal they were burning women and children for having eaten meat on a holy day and this to please the most merciful god in italy the nation prostrate covered with swarms of cardinals and bishops and priests and monks and nuns and every representative of holy sloth the inquisition there also while hands that were clasped in prayer or stretched for alms grasped with eagerness and joy the lever of the rack or gathered faggots for the holy flame in germany they were burning men and women charged with having made a compact with the enemy of man and in our own fair land persecuting quakers stealing men and women from another shore stealing children from their mother's breasts and paying labor with the cruel lash superstition ruled the world there is but one use for law but one excuse for government the preservation of liberty to give to each man his own to secure to the farmer what he produces from the soil the mechanic what he invents and makes to the artist what he creates to the thinker the right to express his thoughts liberty is the breath of progress in france the people were the sport of the king's caprice everywhere was the shadow of the bastille it fell upon the sunniest field upon the happiest home with the king walked the headsman back of the throne was the chamber of torture the church appealed to the rack and faith relied on the faggot science was an outcast and philosophy so called was the pander of superstition nobles and priests were sacred peasants were vermin idleness sat at the banquet and industry gathered the crumbs and the crusts end of part one introduction